Tommy boy. Mikey boy. Before we get started, I got to tell you something that uh, gave me hope for our country in the future. Tell me if you think I'm overplaying this or not. We had to run out to the mall and we got there and we're only there for a half hour just to pick something up and come back. And the short time we were at the mall, I saw seven interracial couples, five of them with their beautiful kids. And that just made me think that maybe this country isn't so screwed up with dividing and stuff. What do you think? Do you think I'm overplaying this? I think those days may be behind us, but who knows? Every time I think that we're taking one step forward, yeah, it's usually two steps backwards. So (laughs) you never know in this country, right? Now, admittedly, you and I, we're we're just plain white folks, okay? Right. And we're not introducing race into the conversation at all. Right. So I just think there's something very beautiful about black women as a whole. But there's something very beautiful about all colors of women. So I think I've told you, you know, if I were to, God forbid, ever to become single again, (laughs) yeah, I would be strongly attracted to the dark side. (laughs) You knew I was going to say Oh, you're too much. But I I just felt it was a positive thing for me to start that Sunday off one and uh, I just felt good about it. But you know, God, some know. people see that they're disgusted. Well, you know that, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Hopefully it's going the other direction. Well, anyway. You don't know what people are thinking. <laughs> All I know is our former president, people used to tell me they hated him and they couldn't really articulate why. And I think when you get down deep below the surface, we all know why, yeah. but nobody, nobody will ever, ever admit that they're prejudiced. I, I wouldn't even imagine that David Duke would admit. No, he'll 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 admit to it. No, I don't know. Oh yes, he will. Come on, I've seen him on television. Have you like, seen that movie Black Klansman yet? Yeah, I did. Okay, did it move you the way it moved me? Uh, no. But I mean, only because you know I've I've been a follower of uh, the civil rights movement and all that kind of stuff, and I know the stuff that goes on. So it was just to me like a little bit of a history lesson. Topher Grace as David Duke was just an incredible performance. You know, I was kind of surprised he didn't win a best supporting Oscar. Didn't he get nominated for that? I don't I don't remember. I don't he I might don't have remember. But... It's been a long time. All right. What are we talking about today? <laughs> You're gonna like this. Maybe you won't. Burger King has a new customer base. Here's what they're doing. They've started it only right now in Mexico City, but they have plans next to go to LA Shanghai and San Paulo in Brazil. I don't understand. What do you mean a new customer? Well, here's what they do. (laughs) They have launched a plan that if you're stuck in gridlock and traffic. Still go back. That doesn't make any sense. You say they have a new customer base. Yes, and that's people stuck in traffic. Oh, okay. I got you. So what they do is they read traffic patterns. And if they see there's a real big backup on Expressway, what they do is they have digital billboards where if people are stuck or they see this digital billboard and you're within two miles of a Burger King, you could put in your order and they'll tell the time it'll come and whether you can get it in time and you're still stuck in that traffic. What do you think about that? I think Minority Report with Tom Cruise needs to be watched over and over again because this is what advertisers are ingeniously doing. They're figuring out what's on our mind. They're meeting us where we're at. Yeah, you're going to be in an airport one day. And all of a sudden, there'll be a 3D hologram coming down saying, we see that you're hungry. <laughs> you're right. They'll be able to look in your eyes and know that you're hungry. And they're probably going to be able to figure out what you're hungry for, right? This is just the beginning. You, you have no idea. 
Well, deliveries jumped 63% in the single week when they started this. And clearly, Burger King is thinking outside the bun, don't you think? Thinking outside the <laughs> bun. Oh, and what do you do when you get that Whopper? Can you drive with both hands? You know, it's amazing what people can do. I've seen people with two cell phones going, a cigarette, and <laughs> something they're drinking and driving at the same time. So it's got to be like little motorbikes, right? Yeah. Hey, whatever works. Get that Chinese guy on the bicycle. <laughs> or drones. But I don't know. I'd be afraid to make the order because I think the traffic would be picking up in the next minute. And then everybody's screwed. Well, 61% increase. Is that what you said? Yeah. Seems to be working. Tom and Mike. Would you take a blood test if it tells you how long you would live? No. How about you? No. No way. Why? I don't want to know. I mean, can you imagine living your life knowing? Is there a blood test now? Yep. Yale researchers have developed biomarkers that can help measure, measure your lifespan or slow down aging. Usually young and middle-aged people, everyone thinks they're healthy and nothing's going to happen to them, but that's not always the case. They have nine specific biomakers they look at in your body, and uh, they can actually help people solve some of the things that they're facing. So in a way, I guess you should do it. You, you said biomakers. You bio, mean bi biomarkers. Biomarkers. Okay, thank you, because Biomaker was a great song by Led Zeppelin, right? <laughs> was it really? Dire Maker. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I'm trying to follow you, you know, but it's difficult sometimes. Is it? You know who's going to really love this kind of uh, technology? Insurance companies. Oh. Right? They oh, can my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's really not a good idea. And some of these biomarkers that find out, like, the master gene for obesity. Do you know it's donut shape? It's a donut shape? Yep, it's <laughs> donut shape. The master <laughs> gene. Makes perfect sense. Yeah. <laughs> Look, here's the thing. The key to life do not take life too seriously, because you'll never get out of there alive, will you? Yes, and thank you for the reminder. You can live to be 100 if you give up all the things you like, but then why would you want to live to be 100, would you? Correct. Right? Wisdom. Wisdom by Mike Lacey. <laughs> I just want to live long enough so I can enjoy it, right? I'm right there with you. I'm lifting a glass of great red wine right now. He who last laughs didn't get the joke, right? You know... That would apply in this situation, too. Oh, I know. All right, I screwed up saying biomarker. Big deal. Okay. Well, you, know. Right. you know, here's the thing. If you really want to hear a lot of Mike's screw-ups, actually, you won't hear any because I go and edit them all oh, out. You don't go. Have to. Go. Go, people. John Q and Mary M. Radio Public. Go to our daily podcast. It's so much fun. What's this world coming to? Dot com. Tom and Mike. We both agree that hot dogs aren't healthy or good for you, are they? I think that's kind of a no-brainer, right? Okay. But so we love them. Well, let me ask you this. What do you think Americans spent on hot dogs last year? I'm going to say $17 billion. <laughs> that's a little high. It's $3 billion. Okay. Now, did you include the hot dogs that, you know, get consumed at the ballpark that we have no idea. Actually, I guess we would, right? Yeah, they have sales. How many hot dogs do you think Americans ate last year? $3 billion? Yep. I'd say $3 billion. $9 billion. $9 billion. Now, we're getting closer to that $17 billion number. <laughs> How many heart attacks resulted? $17 billion. <laughs> L.A. eats the most, followed by New Boy, York. that's a shocker. Followed by? By New York City and, and uh, Philadelphia. Okay, your hometown. How many hot dogs do you think people eat on the 4th of July every year? I'd say that's a big hot dog day. <laughs> a big hot dog day. I have no idea. 150 million. 
Okay. Yeah. Hot dogs were invented by a German immigrant in St. Louis in 1880. He brought that old wiener schlitzer over and put it in a bun. Yeah, because you don't know what to do with all the scraps. Right. And so you put it in a wiener. <laughs> well, they keep telling us the hot dog can kill you, but how do they know it's not the bun, really? Yeah. You know, the Department of Agriculture just announced that it's going to ban six new strains of E. coli, which might explain why the hot dog vendor down the street is now selling flowers. Ah. Have you ever looked down into one of those hot dog vendor containers that, right. you know, have those wieners swimming around in there all day? Oh, <laughs> not good. No. Have you ever bought? Yeah, I know you have. Well, Seriously. here's a real treat. Wash down that hot dog with that boiled juice water in there. You know, the water it stays in? Oh, uh, okay. Wash down your hot dog with that. That's a real treat. Oh, sure. And if you ever want a really fresh hot dog, go to South Korea. Hot dog is so fresh, it's still panting. Oh, shut up. <laughs> it's illegal over there, by the way. Is it really? Yes. Yeah, you know, they get a bad rap for that. And guess what? what? Conversely, it's not illegal over here. Okay? Right. So how do you like that? If you do have a hot dog every now and then, which you probably do when you go to see a game, what do you put on your hot dog? Just mustard. You know, some of these places, they have grilled hot dogs and stuff, and grilled onions and peppers and that kind of thing. I've done that a couple of times, and they're delicious. But, you know, the rest of the game, you're sitting there belching away. Not good. Not good. <laughs> oh, I take mine with mustard, relish, and a little onion. Now, see, me being a North Carolina native, right? here is how you eat your hot dog in North Carolina. You put mustard, coleslaw, Onion and chili on top. Whoa. That's what we call a hot dog all the way. That's a messy hot dog. Oh, but it's so good. Oh, I bet so it good. is. And you know, in Chicago, they have the Chicago hot dog. You know about that? Yeah. Do you know what's on it? Well, I know, coleslaw. No, sauerkraut. No. 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 You have no idea. Just say, no. I don't know. That's all right, okay. I don't know. I'll tell you. Okay, it's made with a poppy seed bun, which those are really hard to find. You can only find those in Chicago. A kosher beef dog. Okay, it's got to mm -hmm. be kosher beef. All right, there's no pork products inside, right? And on top of that, you've got sport peppers, you've got tomato, onion, and mustard with some celery salt. That is a fantastic hot dog. So good. Mm, I think we sold a couple hot dogs today. Yeah, I think after the show, I'm going to go to Wrigley and I'm going to pig, baby, pig. Tom and Mike. I want to talk about something serious for a second. What's the number one killer in America right now? I would say cancer or heart disease. Yeah, heart disease. Okay. But here's the, I have good news and bad news about heart attacks. The good news is the heart attack rate in this country has actually gone down the last couple of years. The bad news is that more young people and women are suffering heart attacks than ever before. And researchers don't know why. Yeah, that is kind of a quandary because they're eating healthier. Yeah. And maybe there's more stress in their lives, you think? Or maybe it's something environmental. Do you know the warning signs of a heart attack? What are they? Chest discomfort, pain in other areas of the body, feeling tired for no reason, nausea and vomiting, and stomach pain. A lot of those things can be just happen anytime anyway, right? So let me get this right. Older people are living longer, having less heart disease. Right. Younger people are having more. Well, it's just the rates going down. Adults between 41 and 60, it's, it's common. 60 plus, it's very common. But now they've seen a tick up in people younger than that and women, which traditionally- See, I would have thought it would have gone down all the way across the board because, yeah, well, I don't know, how many years ago did we get rid of- um, Cigarettes? 
Well, no, we haven't gotten rid of that. But yeah, younger people smoke. That might have something to do with it. Trans fats. We got rid of trans fats. And well, that was supposed to be contributing to heart disease. Right. Well, the seven things to do so you don't have a heart attack are stop smoking, healthy diet, cholesterol down, low blood pressure, be active, healthy weight, and reduce your stress. Now, it's easy to try to do some of those things, but I don't know. You know, my doctor once me told me to do a test with stress. You know what he did? Mm-mm. He yelled in my ear, billion dollar corporations legally avoid income tax. That's what he said to me. And your blood pressure went up? Yes, it went up. He wanted to test my stress. So hopefully you're going to follow those things, Thomas. You're going to be around for a long time, right? Gosh, I hope so. When's the last time you had your ticker checked? I go for an annual checkup every year. How about me you? Me too. Yep. I just had it about a month and a half ago. EKG and... But you never know, you know? Yep. You can't always find stuff like that in a yearly exam or physical. It's so, you know... Look at my father. My father was 39 years old, no fat, one night. He's in bed with my mother. He says, I think I have an indigestion. I'm going to go down and get some milk. She heard a big thud, massive heart attack, died on the kitchen floor. Did he smoke? No. He might have smoked at parties or something, but not a heavy smoker. You know, you see these old movies and how everybody was smoking. Yeah. It's just amazing to me. They smoked in planes. That a lot of these people, you know, that smoked, they're still around. They don't smoke anymore. I remember as a little kid getting on a plane and people were smoking. Imagine that smoke in that little tube. Oh, I remember those days. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) All right. Are we old? No, I said we were little kids. I was just a little minnow. Tom and Mike. Inside Edition wanted to do an expose on TV evangelists, and they wanted to find out why they need to live in such lavish lifestyles. But to no surprise to anybody, all the people they contacted didn't want to be a part of the story. So they did a little research and they can explain, you know, for one thing, has it always bothered you why people give to people like that and don't even question it? These hucksters, these con artists, and I'm not saying they're all that way, but a lot of times they play on people's weaknesses and emotions in order to Get them to send them money. You know, if you if you send, you know, just ten dollars, you're going to be blessed. And you know, they have reports of all these people that send in money. And there's three things they do that to convince them to do it. Number one is they say they're supporting God's work. That's the number one thing. Number two, they convince them when they give, they get. Right, it comes right, right from the right. New Testament. But I would say that's more like number one, and nobody's going to admit that's the real reason why they're doing it. It's selfish purposes. And of course, the televangelist with all his big hair is going to say, <laughs> well, your motivation wasn't right. You were giving in order to get. That's not true charity. Right. And number three is people are gullible. You never read anything in the New Testament about Jesus and wealth. In fact, Jesus was very much against material wealth, but that doesn't seem to bother people. Do you remember a few years ago, Oral Roberts told his viewers that if he didn't receive $8 million in three months, God would kill him? Do you know how much money he got? No. $9 million. And he died anyway. Yep. And then, <laughs> you know, I think if God knew that one day we'd have TV evangelists, we'd be looking at around 37 commandments. Yeah. I think he knew but a lot of those commandments definitely covered those sins, I believe, you know. Like, you know, the number one thing, if you love God with all your heart and all your soul, why would you want to use him for any kind of worldly gain, right? Yeah. I mean, would you do that to your best friend? No. Okay. Here are the five ways they get, you know, people to put in money. It's called the faith seed. You give a televangelist your money, and miraculously, you'll have more money. You'll be blessed financially, and your troubles will disappear. Right. 
a prayer package. You pray for someone, then they pray for you. You will be healed. You'll be financially successful. You receive anointing from God. They're saying that their prayer is more important than your prayer. It doesn't make sense, does it? But you planted a seed. It's called the principle of reciprocity. <laughs> Listen to this. There's something called the prayer cloth. They will cure your ailments. All your dreams will come true. This little hanky in different colors. Oh, man, it bothers me. Then number four, miracle spring water. Allow you to have all your God's riches and blessings bestowed upon you. It will heal your body. And the final one, <laughs> this one makes me laugh. Miracle manna, square crackers that apparently God instructed TV evangelists to make according to Hebrew instructions from the book of Ezekiel. Cake from heaven that empowers you to do God's will and all your dreams will come true. Yeah. Come on, people. And it's mostly older people that don't have the money. I don't know. It bothers me. It just makes my argument truer and truer every day. People are stupid, and they're getting stupider every day. Tom and Mike. The University of Michigan just did a study, and they found out that women who gossip can live a happier and healthy life. It increases something called progesterone a hormone that releases anxiety and stress and makes women happier. Researchers found that people who are in closer relationships are healthier than those more socially isolated. And they did this test where they took study volunteers, then witnessed someone behaving badly, and their stress level came up when they watched this. But it went it was tempered when they were able to pass this information to others, spreading the info about the person who was just behaving badly. Once they told somebody, they saw it, their stress levels went down. How about that? Progesterone, that's a right. deep and intensive subject. You don't gossip, do you? You've known me for a while. <laughs> I don't know, do I? No. Do I talk poorly about people? Do I talk about people behind their backs? No, mm -hmm. because you know what? And you don't either, which I appreciate that about you. But it, then again, we don't have any mutual friends, so <laughs> maybe you do. It makes sense to me that if you gossip and you share it, you're socializing with people and you're... It's just so destructive. 47% of people participated confess they participate in non-work gossip. 20%, there's no limit to their gossip. Yeah, I, I don't buy any of that. I don't, don't think it's good for anybody. No. Mm -mm. That's just me, though. I think it's destructive. I think well, it's bad. I mean, if a person is in a position of power and they just start saying bad things about somebody, baseless things, untrue things, and it starts to spread around, and all of a sudden, people start believing it. Right. Yeah. Do you think that's good? No. No. I, I think light gossip is okay, but... No. <laughs> Listen. Tom and Mike.